podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Goodness podcast. My name is Lewis. Uh, I'm joined by the two Dans. We got Monte Carlo Dan, and we got German Dan. How you doing, gentlemen? This guy is crazy, man. Yeah, he's proper, he's proper nuts, man. But yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah, all good, bro. All good. Yeah, man. Look, it's. It's. I was just saying to Dan before the podcast. Well, sorry, German. I was saying to German Dan before the podcast started. Like we just beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And it just feels all a bit pointless. You know, it's, we can celebrate, but what does it mean really? You know, it, it does It does feel a bit like that. I, I want to try and take all the positives in the world from this game. But um, yeah, man, it's just really disappointed that we've obviously put, what, two wins on the bounce now. Is it two or three wins in the bounce in the league? I think it's two. two. Is it two? Two wins on the bounce in the in the league and um it's to no avail really. Um the only thing that really, you know, uh the only thing that's really still left on the cards is finishing above Spurs. And if we finish above Spurs, that means we end up playing in the Europa conference or whatever it is. So yeah, man, it's like it's 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 all about picking your poison, really and truly. But guys, um if you are watching on the YouTube live. Uh, make sure to hit the subscribe button and the like button. If you're listening to um, us via the podcast app, you know, tweet us, tweet us your thoughts on the pod, hashtag, and uh, leave a five-star review on the Touchdown Fracas uh, podcast page as well, please. Um, that would be very much appreciated. Um, so, guys, look, let's get into the game. Um, interesting that we we started with the, um, the three at the back and Arteta very much went to to match to show um any surprises there with the um the way we set up he's 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 a funny guy you know um because i feel like at several points in the season 
um, our team would have probably benefited from him sort of going back to basics in, in the way that he did. Um, I wouldn't say Saka right wing back um, would be my first choice, but I think the back three probably suited a lot of this squad um, at certain points this season. You know, I think when um, Tierney, Tierney got injured, I think that was an option he could have used. Um, I think earlier in the season when, you know, we were we were sort of struggling for ideas and he stuck to that weird um, hybrid, hybrid uh, formula situation. It wasn't really working. That was another, um, another solution that he could have used. But it's just funny to me because this is exactly what we used to get onto Unai Emery for, um, which was changing up the, 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 the formation, changing up the, the lineup to do the opposition. And I think I saw a tweet that said, it's our 36th game of the season and it's our 35th different lineup. You know, like there's been absolutely no consistency um, in the team selection this year. Um, and I think that's shown uh, in the lack of consistency in some of our results as well. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do. I do feel like I, I do feel what you're saying with the whole lineup thing, but I, I would imagine it's probably the same for most teams in the league, though, right? Um, I don't I don't suppose we're too far off what everyone else has been doing in terms of rotation. But um, Dan uh, Monte Carlo, Dan, what did you, what did you think of uh, uh, um, the, the way we set up and, and going with the three? I can't believe I'm being Christian with a new name, but. <laughs> Well, we—they were calling you Silverstone Dan on the on the um, on the Discord. So it's up to you, man. Which one do you like? I I go with just Dan. Dan Dan works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, jokes aside, um, I think, and I had a feeling he was gonna change and try and match Chelsea's shape today. It's like a right wing back threw me off. But I said in the chat today, like I've spent so much energy, like getting angry over the formations before the game. Um, that I'm trying to not get too angry for the games anymore and save my anger for after the games, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, consolidate my anger and get it all out at the at the at the right time. So I had a feeling we would try and match their shape, and the game plan was always going to be then um, sitting back, hitting them on the counter. I don't think we did that to a good degree. I can't lie. I felt we the performance was still poor. The performance was still poor, in my opinion, um, and the execution of that performance as well. I think we defended in numbers and probably closed space down fairly well. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say really well. Um, I think Chelsea also lacked that that final touch today. Really, um, I can remember them creating a few chances, but nothing, nothing of very very strong sort of. What are you thinking? He's got a score. I think the Drew one was probably the only one where that was a difficult finish drew didn't obviously the habits one in the in the first yeah half. no no yeah the habits one was was a big chance but so mm-hmm. i was thinking i was thinking they didn't play that well to be honest and we were a team there to be taking advantage of to be honest so they weren't really ruthless today we just defended well enough stayed in the game long enough and then i think we should have had a penalty in the end party mm-hmm. didn't dive i think he got clipped um but i think in the end the win probably is not deserved but We've we've um, we've done the double over Chelsea, you know, <laughs> which is crazy. Somehow, somehow, if there's anything we can take from the season, is, you know, we've done yeah. done the double over Chelsea. Um, Olo, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us late. Sorry, lads. <laughs> yeah, just just doing my thing as usual. Coming up late. Did you what? Did you manage to watch the game? I was watching it to be fair, and I was, I, I was bored, man. I just found the whole game boring, and it's just. It just attacked the defense once in a while. We've done our had a few attacks. 
I just, yeah, I can't really enjoy football at the minute, man. It's uh, it's a tough place to be. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, I was uh, I was saying pre-pod as well. It's it's it, it is difficult to get excited about these wins because um, you know where where does these wins leave us now? It's all it's all a little bit like oh, if only we if we had something to play for, these wins yeah. would be huge. Can you imagine beating Chelsea and you know you you need to beat Chelsea to get into the top four and stuff like that? And you you it makes those games mean something. And I just really struggle to you know get motivated for this game i struggle I, I i struggle to have any kind of emotion throughout the game even if chelsea did equalize in the last minute i would have just been like well you know, <laughs> whatever it, 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 is what makes it, it worse is. as well see this sort of win this win um imagine evan lose their two games in hand and we end up in that you're for conference league you're for conference that, yeah. that is oh that's <laughs> so is you know for conference <laughs> Is that just seventh then Europa Conference, or is it eighth as well? What time is even? Does anyone know what time kickoff is? Imagine kickoff is going to be at 10, 10 a.m. on a on a, on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready for that, but I can't yeah. deal with that. No, it's it's the only the thing is though. Do you, do you think I, I would imagine the club would still want to be in that competition simply because of the the revenues, right? They would want as much money as possible. So irregardless of what we want as fans, I'm not really against it. The reason I'm not really against it is I know Arteta may not do this, is that I would like it to be a good opportunity for him to play some of the youngsters. So Balogun, if if we have Europa Conference next season, I would feel less annoyed, uh, not less annoyed, sorry, I'd feel... Um, a bit more um, relaxed about Balogun, someone like Balogun staying. Because I would just say, well, give him all the Europa Conference games. Someone like Miguel Aziz, give him all the um, Europa Conference games. Um, all, all these young players that we've got coming coming up and maybe we need to see a bit more of them. The Europa Conference, I don't know the format. I'm assuming it's the same as Europa. Right, let, let me tell you something. We are in the mud. We're talking about the Europa Conference. We are in the mud. We, we are in the mud. Uh, you know, we've got to be realistic, right? We've got to be realistic. This is the place that we're, that we're in. And I'm just not as anti the competition as you guys are. Oh, I, I know. Oh, mate. Lewis, where, no, where, no, no. You need to look at where? it this way. I'm seeing the positives. How do you it? go? At, no, no, you can't look at the positive. How do you go from from being Champions League five years, okay, big, big listen, Champions League, I understand that. then dropping Europa for five years, and then fall out of that, yeah, drop to you. Okay, so but what's your alternative? Nah, to not being in any European competition. We won't even win that competition. That's the thing that's that's it, man. That's, man, that's what's going to make care. it worse. I don't like care about. We're probably not going to even win it. No, because look, like now the Europa League was enough. Yeah, like what was the final? Like Baku, um, I don't know where the final was played last year, um, because of COVID, probably um, Germany it was in somewhere, Portugal, wasn't it? In Portugal, um, it's Gdansk this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Europa, Europa League. Where is the Europa uh, Conference final? Yeah, it's going to be in Tilbury or be, somewhere like that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Um, it's going to be one of them COD maps. I don't want to hear that uh, that theme music. I don't want to go watch a, a, a cup final playing in Hackney Marshes or whatnot, man. They play, they'll play they'll play the final that in Essie Don's home ground, man. That's 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 the level that we're talking about here, man. I don't want to be associated with the competition. So, so you don't want to be associated at all. 
I'm not gonna nah, lie. I'm with Dan there. You know, if we don't, if we're not in Europe League or Champions League, I'd rather not be in any European competitions. I'd rather, mm-hmm. I'd rather. You see, the summer, I'd rather us not even make Europe. I'd rather us just slim down the squad. You know, just no. Yeah. Honestly, I think, and, and I think that's a really good point, Ola. I think it's actually essential for us to go where we need to go if we are able to focus on getting a quality first eleven for Premier League. Because I think I hear your Balogun stuff this but i think it, i'd probably be more confident or more or happier with him staying if we weren't in european competition because i feel mm. like if he went into a season with Bamian, you know Bamian is going to play um i guess maybe 30 to 32 or 38 games you can give balogun maybe five five to ten um premier league games and he'll be getting minutes off the bench uh, to rest the Bamiyang as well, plus the League Cup and the FA Cup matches. I think that's a lot of good, a lot of good football that Balogun can play, being in and around um, the first team. If those two are your main striking options, not only mm-hmm. then do you get to reinvest potential Lacazette money elsewhere in the squad, but it's it's clear it's clear dynamics that Bamiyang's first choice, Balogun's second choice, Martinelli. You get another winger on the left. Martinelli um, is second choice to that winger there. And then you've got Pepe Saka on the right, you know. And then I feel like if you have these sort of these clear roles in the team, first 11 is top, top quality, then, you know, you, you can then, if you do, say, get back into Europe next year, you can then start fleshing out with some of these squad players and whatnot. Because I feel like if we're if we are in European competition, that's when you get the likes of these, you know, these Cedric deals, these Mary deals, where they're not really adding anything and they're not playing there to make up the numbers. You know what the issue is though with Arsenal? Mm. We've been saying that do the bare minimum, man. The bare minimum is why our squad is really like this. Because they will go for these easy deals rather than because I remember back in the day when um Wenger was serious, isn't it? When we added to the squad, would add quality into the squad to make competition. Nelson Vivas, yeah, Igor Stepanov. Nah, nah, nah. Not not his time. Let's say Nazri in it. When Nazri, Nazri, that Vaziski midfield, it was competition for places. I remember there was one point with Vaziski, Nazri, Sesk, A lot of people just fighting for places, and that keeps them on their feet. They all got. They know they got to bring their A game every week. But even then, Ola, we, we were still always one position off. Oh, we're we a centre back away. We we're a centre forward away. You know. Let's, but yeah, Gonda. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's focus on the Europa Conference League. What is the purpose of the competition? What is the end goal of the competition? Because with the Europa League, we know. You can find your way to the Champions League with it. It's right? the Europa League. Yeah. So the Europa <laughs> Conference League, there's no purpose for like, it. just sounds even worse now. It's, it is nuts. I can't lie. It's nuts. But I, I'm me personally, if, if we dedicated like our under-23 team to it, I wouldn't be adverse to playing it. Personally. I know what you mean, but do you know what? You see... Um, it's, but you see, yeah, you're, you're going to say Arteta probably will play our full-strength team anyway, so... You see, with Aziz in that though, um, I feel like I'd rather them, I'd rather not make that competition and all of them go out on loan. They're not gonna get yeah. the game time they need because I think they'll they'll learn more from that than playing what this competition every week. Obviously, they'll play against some maybe some alright teams, but it, yeah. nah. I wonder who's get who would be in the competition with us. It'll like, be it'll be like teams like from Finland, man. I can't qualify. But they'll be but they'll be like La Liga team. So. Uh, it, so it's probably be like yeah, we'll probably get dunked on my Villarreal again. Villarreal, it'll be Villarreal. We'll play Villarreal in the final or something like that. Um, I'm just looking yeah. now. Maybe maybe That'll Juventus. Maybe Juventus. 
conference. Play <laughs> <laughs> against Ronaldo, uh, no in our luck. Uh, we'll get we'll get Juventus in the groups or something like that. <laughs> no, but it won't be Juventus. But it could be like Roma, uh, Villarreal. So you know, some I think of these teams, teams are from like um, it's teams from like leagues like Finland and that that um, they get like a first seed basically. Yeah, first seed, and they'll be like probably actually in the tournament rather yeah. than having to qualify. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I, I'd rather you know be in Europa League hundred percent, but I can see. A scenario where Europa Conference League wouldn't be wouldn't be that bad. Um, I get it; it's embarrassing, and I suspect that the club will still push quite hard for it. I mean, we've got two games left, and we're eighth. We're eighth now, are we? We're a point behind Spurs. I know Everton have got two games in hand, but Everton have got some tricky games. Spurs have got some really tricky games. We've got Palace and Brighton left, so. You know, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibilities that we actually do finish seventh. So, and I'm sure the club will be happy to get the revenues. So I can't. Yeah, I was kind of wondering as well. Do, do any of us know what what um what's the TV money for the other company? Because I'm looking at it like this: yeah. Champions League is going to be Tuesday, Wednesday. Europa League is going to be Thursday. When are we playing these games? It might be Sunday night, bro. Sunday night. <laughs> I think the benefit of the Europa are far outweighed by the um, of the Europa conference, sorry, are far outweighed by the um the cons, man. They're like it's, it's a you know, shock. Yeah, I agree as well. And do you know what the thing is as well? For the last couple of years being in the Europa League, it's sort of amplified our way of trying to half hook it and trying mm. to ah yeah, in the league we don't do that well, we can we can win the Europa League. And then get to the semi-final, get knocked out, get to the final, get get get, get smashed. That's sort of like an excuse to not having a good league campaign. Like, oh, we still have this hope. No, we need to really tank it. And the league needs to be our absolute priority. Mm-hmm. So every league game, be like, we can be on that tetas ass. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, we still have the Europa League if we'd make that. Or Europa Conference League. Still... No, I don't care. Mm-hmm. We need to really tank in Europe this year and go all the way out for the league next year let's talk right now i'm just seeing the amount of pr this arteta guy is getting you know i am so sure yeah you see all these big twitter pages of arsenal fans yeah i am so sure they get paid by arsenal you know to do this (laughs) i'm so sure of it yeah because it's this is mad i'll spread attack propaganda as well man We'll, 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 we'll get on to that. We'll get on to it. Let's talk a little bit about the game itself because anyway, yeah, yeah. we did actually play today. Um, and we and we did actually beat Chelsea, who are the second Champions best team in, in the league right now. I think that's is that is that fair to say? Chelsea's second best team in the league? Yeah, no, I think, I think, some, I think some Chelsea fans were saying second best team in the world, yeah? Champions League final and all well, that stuff. In the Champions League, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, look... I I I I'm, I'd be pretty confident of Chelsea beating Man United right now. Um, hey, you know, oh yeah, yeah. You know what they, they laugh at the boys sack of us saying we can beat everyone and we just beat Chelsea. Just beat Chelsea. Just beat Champions League semi finalists. Hey, hey, Real Madrid. Look, Finalist. if you want to know how to beat Chelsea, yeah, Arteta's <laughs> your boy. All right, you you, uh, <laughs> you come knocking and we'll, we'll we'll see whether you can have Arteta and he, he can he can teach you how to beat Chelsea. But yeah, let, let's talk about the game. Um, obviously we got um, 
I felt like we were under the cosh pretty early and we got a goal against the run of play. Um, I know Emil Smith-Rowe scored it. Great that he scored now, two and two. Um, I do want to have a bit of debate about Emil Smith-Rowe and about what you guys expect for him next season um, because I, I, we've been having a few group, group chat conversations today. But um, two and two for Emil Smith-Rowe. I think he is showing that he can be a bit of a scorer. I know today was um, a bit of a... Gift. Uh, a gift, let's put it mildly. Um, but, you know, he's still got to be there. He shows the energy to get into the box. So, um, yeah, what did you... What did you? I actually thought Emil Smith-Rowe was, was really good as well throughout the game, one of, our, one of our better performers, actually. So, what did you think of Emil Smith-Rowe today? And um, what are we expecting of him next season? Uh, Olo, I'll start with you. I just got to be first. You know, I hate this guy. You hate Emil Smith Rowe? Oh, no, I thought we were on about Arteta still. No, no, do you know what? I was no, just no, seeing. I'm watching Arteta's uh, little press conference um, about right. him being misquoted, did it? Um, but Emil Smith Rowe, do you know what? From day, I've always thought, yeah. When I first watched him, remember, I used to say about, I used to like, when I first watched him, uh, there was that Blackpool um, FA Youth Cup game that I first watched him um, properly. And I just thought this kid was. Yeah, this kid is quality. And what's scary is that what we're seeing right now is literally probably, I'll say about 65% Emma Smith Rowe. There's still a lot more from his game. And obviously now he's adding goals into into his game and he's he's being more effective for us. I think the, the it's good that he's only shown 65% of his game right now. So we still we can still expect a lot from him. What so so next season? What what would that look like? I think he. I think in the league, he's got what two in goals league, for think, us in the league. Is it this season? I think he'll add more to that. I think he'll add more um, more goals and more assists. He can be a very effective player, and that's what he's about. And he's not. I think he hasn't. How many how many chances he really had um, in most of our games? He doesn't really get many clear cut chances, and that's due to our style of play as well. So I think he'll, he'll get better chances next season to score more goals. I'll say, well, depending on what Arteta wants to do. Mm. Where do you guys sit on the fence that if I said, um, if I told you that Emma Smith-Rowe was to get, say, four goals and eight assists in the in the league next season, how, would, you, would that be a good season from Emma Smith-Rowe if he plays the full season? Listen, um, on the number stuff, I'd like to, I'd like to give some some opinions because these numbers I don't really think you should be basing a player's um, season on just the numbers. Mm. So there could be games where ESI could have a big influence, not get a goal or assists. So the numbers are a good barometer, I think, to say, oh yeah, he's contributed, he's put numbers on the board. But let's look at the whole season holistically. Um, did we think he was? Um, what is his primary job? Creating, facilitating chances, facilitating situations for teammates, and at times also contributing, um, adding the finishing touch. You'd say, which I think are assists or like pre-assists or whatever, you know. So I think four goals and eight assists, and I think in the group chat I said this earlier. Like this might sound like an excuse, but I don't care. But I think a lot of players that I have high quality have a lot of seasons where people don't scrutinise them like, oh, he needed to get 10 assists and five goals. 
What, mm. what do people know even Bernardo Silva's numbers? They don't mm. care because he plays well most of the time. And the numbers in that team are other people are putting the numbers up. The numbers, the people that are numbers guys are the strikers, the wide forwards. We're looking at Aubameyang, he needs to get goals. I'm looking at if we have, if Emil Smith would be our primary creator, he would be the guy getting the numbers, but I don't think he would be that primary creator. I think we would probably look and buy, buy that primary creator and Smith would be part of the piece. So I don't think we should be judging him too strongly in numbers. And quite frankly, I think he actually could put up some good numbers, to be, to be honest. But I just don't like this whole numbers-led approach mm. when there's more to view um, from football. And especially in positions where numbers don't quite tell the full pictures. I think with strikers, they, they do give you a better idea, a much, much better idea. But with these creative players, I really don't think so. I think Pogba has had a great season, to be honest. Three goals, and I don't know that... I don't know how many assists he got. I don't think it's that many. Mm. But other other times, I think he's been pretty good. Mm. But like three goals as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Two goals or something stupid. I don't know. But the numbers don't matter that much. No, I agree with you. I don't think the numbers do mean much. But when we have, for example, what we got. So two goals from Emil Smith-Rowe, one goal from Odegaard, one goal from Willian. Is it nothing from Ceballos, nothing from Partey, maybe one from El Elneny. One from Xhaka, maybe. Um, who else have I missed in midfield? I, I can't remember. I don't think I've missed That's any a big else. drop in numbers there, you know. That's, there's no there's no goals. No, in, that's a big drop. Because I remember I think we had we had a midfield at one point that was um at least a lot of them averaging a minimum of five goals. What's the what's the most goals Nazri has ever scored for Arsenal in a season? Uh it was it wasn't much, but you're not much. Do you need do you have that one season where he scored um, eight or ten or something? Maybe or assist. I don't think he was ever a numbers guy, but he was a player. Yeah, yeah. We need I think, I think, I think, I think he scored ten good. goals. Think, no, in, in, in his final season, he scored ten goals in the league. Yeah. I think I think generally Dan Dan is Dan is right um in his analysis there, but for me, I think the numbers thing it would depend on. Um, it would depend on um, what, what what formation we play, um, where Smith Rowe is playing, and how the team is performing generally. Because the way I see it is that if we try and persist with this four two three one, I do think numbers will be part of the analysis of his um, of his performance, right? Um, but I think at age twenty. I'm not going to put too much pressure on him to be getting those numbers. I'm going to be looking at some of the other forward players to be putting in those numbers because the way I see it is if you want to be top four, you need to have a good... You need to have, I think, three reliable scorers, right? And when I say reliable, I think your top scorer needs to be a shooter, your second top scorer, and maybe gets you like a, a two in three or maybe a one in two. Your second top scorer, you can maybe go to a one in two um, and your third top scorer, maybe a one in three. Right, and then obviously there can be a mix, a match of those numbers. If you get a defender that scores six goals, you know what I mean. You can take some goals from elsewhere, that kind of thing. But the way I look at our team makeup right now, our centre backs we don't score from set pieces. Right? Our centre backs we don't really score from corners. We're terrible at attacking corners. You know, um, I think Gabriel's got two headers. I think Louise maybe have one in the league, but other than that, we don't get any goals from um, midfield. Obviously, if we assume that Abayang's going to start shooting. Um, next season, hopefully, he comes back and give us give us another twenty goals. Um, but outside of these guys, we don't really have the numbers. So if Smith Rowe is going to be starting, say he starts twenty five games next season, 
I do think we do need some numbers from someone who's going to be playing in that attacking position. Not to say that it's going to be the be-all and end-all of his analysis, but I'm just looking at us this season. What's it? 50 goals now we've hit after 36 yeah. games. That's, that's crazy to me, you know? So we're going it to need is, more. But at the same time, at the same time, we said it before, it's more to do with the setup of the manager that's limiting us rather than these players not being capable of... I hear that. We don't, we, don't create, we don't create chances, but I'm, I'm yeah. saying this in, 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 in the view that we're going to be creating chances next year, you know, that we're going to have people on the form because there's just been too many people underperforming this season. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I know we need numbers and we need those numbers from a, a number of players. Um, so, as you said, if we have a primary goal scorer and a secondary goal scorer, then we need to then the, the 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 other goals we score in is essentially going to have to be split across the midfielders. And I would look at Obami as the primary goal scorer. Uh, we'd have to get a wide player that is the secondary goal scorer, in my opinion. And then you're looking at Saka, ESR, um, whoever else we sign in the midfields, they all need to contribute um, numbers-wise, goals, and um, especially on the assists, I believe. But I just feel like we are we are limiting um we're 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 narrowing down the the conversation on on esr if we're already talking about this guy needs to get 10 goals he needs to get 11 assists i I think it's very early in his career and i do think he's capable of this at some point he looks like a player that gets into the right positions and um opposite of what Udegaard actually is he does it's not a player that moves into the spaces that become available which is we can we should touch on this as well but I think we should we like, should touch on it he's not moves into the spaces so I can see him have goal scoring potential um I just don't think it's something we should be we should be putting the number on it now especially not knowing what the team looks like next season not knowing what the manager is going to be like next season as well mm. we have we have our assumptions I just feel like I just feel I don't like that conversation. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's that burden that we putting on someone when the burden should be on the manager finding other solutions or multiple solutions. It's the same as with Saka. We we're going to be looking at Saka like, oh, he needs to probably get ten goals. But Abaming has struggled to get ten goals in this in this team this season. That's how hard it is. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The thing is, though, Dan, is if we don't get 10 goals from Osaka, if we don't get five or six from Emil Smith-Rowe, if the whole midfield don't start scoring more goals, if Aubameyang does not hit 20, we're in the same position that we are now. And I I guess I I don't know where to, you know, where to go with that, that 
that line of thought really because you're right that it, it does kind of stop with the manager the manager in terms of like the way he's setting us to out to play and our structure and our offensive plan and all these things but at the end of the day man we need to get these players scoring goals and that's how we're going to win more football games so um just to talk a little bit you mentioned Odegaard there um I thought another game that just completely I know this is unfair. It isn't his type of game, but we used to say this about Ozil and it's not his type of game. Um, I don't, I'm going to put, I'm going to nail my flag to the mast. I don't want to sign Odegaard. Wow. Um, and I'm going to caveat that by saying, unless it is very cheap, I don't want him. I think, I think we need something else. Um, personally, what's, what's very cheap for you? Thirty or less. Thirty or less, because I mean, that's what we can get them for potentially, though. Maybe if if so, then fine, do it. But I'm not spending sixty million on this guy. I don't think he's. I don't think he's influential enough for us. I don't think he's doing enough on the football pitch to justify. It. I get it. Technically, very very secure. Um, but he's not de- he's not decisive enough. Like we've got a young Emil Smith Rowe making difference in games, more of a difference in games than he is. I don't think that's right. I really don't think that's right. And um, I think his loan has been quite a disappointment. Actually, if I said to you guys before we signed Odegaard on loan that he was going to play what 15, 16 league games, one goal, zero assists, zero big chances created. I think you guys would have laughed me out of town if I suggested that he would have brought us those those numbers. Um, I don't... And yeah, fine. 100% I'm with you guys in terms of it has... Arteta has to take the flack for some of it. But we also have to scrutinise Erdegaard as well. We have to scrutinise his performance. He's still playing on the pitch. He's still going missing for large periods of games. He's still just not quite doing it for me. And I know you guys are probably going to um, uh, disagree with me. And, and this will probably come back to bite me in the arse when he becomes this amazing player. And, you know, it'll be sound clipped and chopped up and, you know, all these things. But just for what I see right now, I'm not a huge fan of him, man. I'm not a huge fan of him. I think, I think with Budigard, I think... I said a few months ago, I paid a bag for him. I think it was right after the Wasan game. I paid a bag for him. And I think um, the bag is probably a bit too much considering the p- position we are currently in. I, I don't have doubts on, on him, on his quality. I, I still think he has a lot of quality. Uh, I don't think this loan has been great for him. Um, per se, he's, he's had injuries and he's only had about two or three good games, really. Um, I think... I think with Rudiger, the problem is, and I, I slightly touch on it, Oscar. I, I'm, I think he doesn't move enough into the spaces, and um, I think there are certain things that, when he had that good game with Sam, it hurt me how people were saying he does things that Uzo doesn't do. I can't lie, it hurt me because I was thinking this is not true. This man, this guy doesn't even play like Uzo, in my opinion. It's just left. You don't think he plays like Uzo? No, I don't think so because Uzo is a player that moves moves into the space like ESR. But no, is, is a player that doesn't move into space, doesn't run in behind. He gets ball to feet. And I don't think Ozil runs behind. 
No, he does. What Ozil are we talking about? Ozil running in behind was a major, major part of his game, I think, until... Yeah, that was, that was a yeah, big but when? Maybe but that's what I'm saying, yeah. when? No, no, do you know what, do you know what, guys? It's not Lewis's fault, you know. Lewis don't like Ozil, man. He's, he's not going to see the that's certain a, thing. It's not his fault. That's it's a lie. Just, it's just not a lie, man. He, he used to do that quite a lot. And that, with his, with, um, with Ule, no, I'm not saying that you're lying about him running him behind. I'm asking what version of Urzel are you talking about? The version that we've seen think... for five, six years at Arsenal, I think. Yeah, 100. I think they're, I think they're very similar in the and, way and, they and, and, and I don't think Udegaard does that. He actually doesn't move off the ball much. And that's my biggest sort of criticism on, on him. Because... Mm. He does a lot of nice touches, moves, and he presses better than Ozil. You'd say he has a higher work rate than Ozil, but it's not, it's not a great work rate. He, he doesn't, and he doesn't create the same amount of chances or the same amount of situations because he doesn't move enough. Whereas ESR moves a lot, he move, makes certain movements off the ball, which creates situations. If we'd have more movers, we'd create more situations. So, even though I like Udegaard and I'm actually quite a fan of him as a player. I'm thinking we need to buy someone that that's the same as ESR moves, moves a lot. I think, I think that's the issue with our team generally, though. Um, we've got a lot of players that want the ball to feet rather than a lot of players that want to run in behind. And yeah, like you said, there's not many players in our team that like moving into space. You got Pepe, for example. Mm. Every single time when he's supposed to run in behind, he would just feet, 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 feet. When you don't need to be where. What game actually was against Villarreal? There was there was a moment where um, Tierney was driving forward with the ball, and rather than instead of Pepe running to stretch the game up, he, he stood came, there, just stood there, yeah, and he just took the ball off Tierney's feet. And I was just watching that, and I was thinking, are these not taking the? There's, there's no way they're getting coached to do this on the training ground. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of let things like that slide for Arteta, but at the same time, what are you saying to them for them not to carry on with those instructions? Mm. Yeah, I think I think I think Dan makes some really good points. Um, I think it's more just around profile rather than quality um, from from Odegaard. Because for me, I think he is probably still the best young attacking mid that um, in that sort of age range, twenty two to twenty four, um, that that you can probably get. But I think Emma Smith very better. But um, I, I, and I think that just in, in terms of pure like technical quality, right? Okay. Um, but I think in terms of the profile, I'm not sure he exactly fits how the manager um, is trying to play. Um, no, I, a, guy that, a guy that I really like, um, Buendia, that I think people do like, but maybe don't want to pay, pay the money for him. I think he, he probably is a bit more versatile, can probably do a bit more of the stuff that I think we want to see from an attacking midfielder in our team. Um, he plays, he can play off the left, he can play in the middle, he can play off the right, he drifts. Um, I think in one of the, the, the scouting things that we said about Odegaard was that he tends to stick to that sort of right half space, um, which I think can make him quite easy to potentially mark out of the game. You know, that when you saw it against Liverpool, that when the space wasn't there on that side, he didn't really make the move central. He didn't really make the moves out to the left like that you would see someone like Smith Rowe do. And then when it comes to sort of playing these tight, in the hole, punchy combination balls, I think he can do it, but it's not really to the same level as someone like SR. Like you've seen it um, 
obviously around that Christmas period, ESR was getting a lot of joy from being the one that ran in behind, interchange, swapping positions with Saka, you know, and you don't really see Odegaard moving from inside to out um, to, to swap positions with the winger um, and, and, and sort of change, change places um, that way and, and move defenders around. So I do hear what... Um, He'd probably yeah. be very good for a Man City who are going yeah, to have seventy percent of yeah. the ball I think, I think every game. Man City, but, right? Playing I mean, that, that David Silva role. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not that. You know what okay, I mean? This is, this is what I'm saying. I think this is not a slight on Udiga in terms of his quality, but the way he creates is not. It's not as varied as someone like Uzo did, or even someone like ESR does. Like these players play a lot of the overlaps, the underlaps. And they move into the space. And if you don't do that, in this Arsenal team, you're you're not creating. And think about how ESR came into this team. This team was static. Mm. And then he came in and he was the mover and he changed the dynamic of this team. Mm. So we need more movers that have technical qualities, in my opinion. And this is a this is me revising my opinion on this player. Um and I kinda I'm kinda with you on unless we get him on the reasonable price, I don't want to blow the bag on them because I'd rather we save the bag and blow it on blow it on someone like really, really, really good, like that's ready to have a strong influence on this team now and change our destiny, sort of thing. So, how, how let's let's look at it from another angle. Then, how do we? I do have uh, hold on. I do have a few more points and the way Udiga creates. So when you watch Udiga's game, as as Dan already said, he sticks to the right half space a lot, right? I've seen other creators. Do the right half space stuff when, as a left footer, you play the, the right back in behind, you find the right runners in behind, but then also go to the left-hand side, which was which what ESR does. Go to the left-hand side, create the overlap, and then do the cut back or doing the cross across the box. Mm. Udiga barely moves into that space. I don't mm. know if this is a managerial instruction, but he doesn't seem to be even be on that side of the pitch to create chances. So and then um, as well, is he doesn't seem to be even getting... He doesn't seem to be like um, on the end of things either, to, yeah, in, in my opinion. Either yeah, he doesn't he doesn't move into into the, in the into the spaces, and I think in this team we we can't we can't we can't we can't have it. Um, only if we have and we need to sign three more other players in order, in order for that to work. I think. Yeah. No. Interesting. I think that's that's a really really good point because if you do go and you sign Odegaard. I think you have to then build a team around him as well. And I think because because I think the things that he's really good at, he is really, really good at, and it would be a waste to have someone yes. like him and not build around him because I do think he has the quality to yeah. lead a team. I think we've seen it in glimpses um, this uh, this season. You look at the West Ham game. You look at, um, was it one of the Europa League games um, I think as well, where it's like Spurs again against Spurs as well. Spurs, like where everything was going directly through him, and he was running the attack. Other teams couldn't live with him. Yeah, so that's not to say that this guy is not good enough, or that he, um, you know, wouldn't be a good signing. But I think if you're going to play with him, you have to play in a certain type of way, and I'm not sure that the team, as as it stands, is ready to play that way. I'm not even sure Atet is even setting the team up that way. He's he's setting the team up. Or he's putting the Udegaard in there and you're like, oh, he's not looking good. But he's not he's not being set up to to excel, I think. Then he's a luxury player in my opinion. So in in if you if you if you can't play if you can only but but surely Sosha Dad weren't 
um, dominating not... 60-70% of the ball. The game so... was going through him, though. The game was going through him. Mm. game was going through him. And also, I think he had more the freedom of the pitch. As I said, I think at Arsenal, we've only seen him on the right-hand right side creating from that, that, that space. It seems like it's very rigid the way we set up. And I mm. think like ESR is the only player that allows that freedom of movement to go into both mm. sides. I'm not, I'm, not sure, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, because I think um, looking at his heat map from last season, it was very much um, one-sided. Like it was almost like you could you could put all the red on, on the bottom half of the pitch because he's always on the right side. Um, and, and the thing is, like, it's funny because I watch, I, like, I listen to all this positional play stuff and I say, and, and you hear people talk about, um, you know, uh, that style of football. They think it's quite rigid and, and this, that and the other. But, like, I think a lot of these positional play guys, they, they take their inspiration from, you know, Bielsa and all of this, right? Like, they, they say that he's a massive inspiration. Now, look at his, his teams and... I think it's more about like with the I don't I don't actually think these players are restricted to stay in their zones, right? Because I look at the games that we actually did well in that I could say, yeah, we were playing good good ball and whatnot. I think there was a lot of interchange of positions and it happened very quickly and it happened almost instinctively, which is what you see leads to. So I know it's it's slightly different with the way that uh, Bielsa sets up to defend with the one on one. But in terms of attacking, I think the whole point about this positional play is that when players are in the zones, they know where to be and where to run, right? As opposed to them rigidly sticking in their zones. Like if you look at the way ESR plays the number ten, the way Odegaard plays the ten, I don't think you can say it's instruction that no. Odegaard it's sticks, style. sticks that sticks that position. And it's the same with like when Pepe plays on the right versus when Saka plays on the right. You could see you can see Saka comes inside a lot more. Yeah. He likes to switch places with whoever's in the ten. And Pepe tends to not do that um, so much. And Saka, when he's playing, he pops up all over the gaff, you know. So that's um, why I'm not just, really yeah. hearing a structure argument. Yeah. Then that's this, why is, this, is, this is where the structure argument has two sides, though, because the structure suits some players better than others. Yeah, and this but is that's what I'm gonna say. Do you think that's an So, like, think that's an intelligence thing? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I think the structure, for example, with Saka and Pepe. I think the structure suits Saka because Saka knows the spaces, he manipulates the spaces and he uses it better. Whereas with Pepe, they probably hampers him. It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not supposed to be doing that. So some players get get minimized that or their, their sort of freedom on the pitch gets minimized by this. And some players um freedom on the pitch actually becomes bigger because they're understanding the spaces and stuff better. So it's a it's an inter interpretation thing. And I think I don't think it's an intelligence thing with ESR and Udegaard. I think it's a style thing. And as you, you kind of touched on as well, he plays on the right-hand side predominantly, and then you tell him, stay on the right-hand side. Like, you know, it's just mm. like, I think ESR is a uh, is someone that roams into space anyway. And this is this is, this is is literally his game. His mm. game is finding the spaces, making short combinations, and then finding someone um, and instantly. He doesn't delay. Whereas Udegaard is a player that's, we're having the ball, we're having the ball, we're keeping it. I'm, I'm got, I can get the ball under pressure, receive and keep it. You know, this is this is his game. It's not exactly the same as um, ESR's. And I think those little differences in style make a big difference than when a framework has been put on the team and you have to find yourself within it. And that's not an excuse for his performances because I still think he could have performed way, way, way better, Udegaard, 
in in this framework because he has shown some glimpses. Mm-hmm. I just think it empowers certain levels of, or certain players better than others. Mm. I, I I agree. I agree. Um, I, I do want to just move on from that discussion because there's a few more things we need to talk about from this game in particular. Um, I just want to just go through some players real quickly and just, you know, get your thoughts on their performance and, you know, maybe their future as well. Um, one I felt like who had a good performance day and it didn't really surprise me actually was because um, I think we've seen that Leno quite enjoys these type of games where we're under the cosh and he has to make save after save after save. Not to say that he made like lots of great saves today, but I thought he did everything quite well. Um, he made a great save at the end from a Zuma header. Um, and overall, I thought he was he was quite good. Um, obviously, this week we've heard a lot of rumours around Leno wanting to leave the club. Um, Dortmund, a potential destination for for him. Um, just thoughts really on, on Leno's performance and his future. Who's going first? <laughs> Monte okay. Carlo, Dan, go on. Take, take your Patriot. <laughs> now, the thing with Leno is, I think Leno Leno's a good keeper, in my opinion. Um, he, he has his Bowser moment, but he also has moments where he seems very um, dominant. So he does, he does have the odd game where you're like, oh, he's been really good. He's made the difference. And um, I felt like one of the games was today, really, where... I think he's made the save at the end. He also made a big save from from um, Mount when um, on the left foot. So there were a few moments where you thought, okay, yeah, he's done really well. Um, essentially, with him, I feel like keepers. I don't think there's that many quality keepers out there. That's my that's my general opinion on it. So unless we are finding someone um, on the same sort of level, um, which I don't think there are that many keepers out there, no matter how how people perceive him. Uh, I don't think there are that many keepers on his le- keepers on his levels out there. We are probably going to be downgrading um, in goal if he leaves. Um, if a player wants to leave, I'm not opposed to selling them uh, at all. So if he wants to leave, get the best price for him. Um, but who are we going to buy it in goal? Um, that's my question. You, you say that though, Dan. But prior to Chelsea signing Mendy this season, didn't really hadn't really heard of him. Um, hadn't yeah. really seen him linked away. You know, we saw these really shit compilations of him where he didn't look great at all. And he's come in and he has been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He's been a big part of why they're in the Champions League final. Um, I think there's talent out there. I think... There's always talent out there. There's always talent out there, man. There's always talent out there. Someone like... We've just learned it a year ago. We all thought Martinez was crap. You know, we we were all scared to death whenever Martinez was in the starting lineup, and now it very much looks like he probably was the better better out of the the two goalkeepers out of him and Leno. So I do you hear know, you, I, and I, I definitely say, don't. I still say, hold on, I still say after caveat, I still say they're the same level. Mm. I think Martinez is better in in he, most aspects. He makes mistakes. Leno makes mistakes. It's just yeah, when, yeah. All, all goalkeepers will make mistakes, exactly. but I think so, when you when you when you look at their skill set, because I think we've seen enough now from their skill set. I think Martinez ticks way more of the of the boxes for me. Um, that, more that commanding, fine, better but... with his feet. 
I think they're similar level like, shot, shot stoppers. They're, they're not. They're not. Martinez is not a shot stopper. He's not. I think they're similar levels. And he doesn't come off his line that quick as well. So there's, if you have something good, essentially that's how I view the keepers. There's no perfect keeper. If your keeper has certain characteristics that make him good, there are certain characteristics that don't make him good. Leno is, for example, the not coming for crosses, the Bozo gene. With Martinez, is it? I don't think his shot stopping is actually great. And I think also coming off his line, he's not great. So, but he's very great collecting crosses, very good commanding. And he's also good with the ball at his feet. Yeah, see so in the comments, they're linking us with uh, um, Onana. I don't think Onana is, is, is levels with Martinez or Leno. We're mm. downgrading in goal. Mm. This is going to be a keeper who's going to be good with his feet, all right, shot stopping, and then can't came crosses. Mm. And then probably also has a bozo gene because I've seen mm. them some, have some crazy moments. Yeah, so, definitely has some bozo genes. <laughs> um, that's, that's my only concern because mm. we, we can bash keepers as much as we want, but we, we've come from Amunia to then check to now yeah. having two decent keepers and we're going to end up be downgrading again. So unless Maybe. 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 Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just sceptical if we're going to be able to I, get I, something. I, I'm also sceptical too because I think we have shown the propensity to sign some dud players, right? However, when we have earmarked someone as of late, I think we've done a decent job in terms of finding good players. Who do you so, think earmarked now? This Anana guy? Say yeah, that again? It's going to depend on his appeal. Because um, he's actually suspended till February, so mm. um, if if he wins his appeal, I think he can play in, um, in why October. Think, why do you uh, think we're not linked with David Raya anymore? I think because that guy's ass, man. That's why. Like, mm. it's funny because from from what I understood, a lot of the, the stuff that we did around goalkeepers was based on the recommendation of this new guy, this new guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people are, looking, people are looking at him funny now because um, of that Russell deal. Um, and I think David Ryan was another one of his recommendations from having worked with him before. So um, for me, I think there's two important aspects of being a keeper. I think most keepers are good enough shot stoppers. I don't really want to bring that into... Um, a consideration because if you're not a good shot stopper, you're basically runners in. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like it doesn't matter what, what else. Yeah, or Kepa. Yeah. Or Kepa, um, yeah. Like, we don't care about anything else. Yeah. Um, but I think for the two things for me that are important is being able to claim crosses and being, I think, co command, like commanding the box, both with your feet and with your hands, basically. So I don't care if you're like not an expert. Ball like ball playing um, goalkeeper. I, I think there's a lot of you know decent like ball playing keepers. I think Allison isn't the best with the ball at his feet, but what I think he does is he's commanding. His defense isn't nervous when the ball goes near him, kind of thing. And I think that's what probably one of the the things that concerns me the most about Leno is that I think he doesn't inspire confidence in the in the defense um, compared to Martinez. So I hear what Dan's saying. But I think there's just there's just a he's, Leno's almost he's almost bad vibes for the defense, um, and I, I can't really explain it. But I think the defense looks nervous when Leno's trying to pass it out. Like they're not they don't have a hundred percent faith um, in his abilities. But I don't know who that name is. Um, I do think 
Anana does have that bozo gene, hundred percent. Especially if he's going to be taking his his wife's medicine, you know. I don't know if I don't know if you can trust him um, in in that regard. But I've, I have seen him with the ball at his feet. I think he's very very good, um, and he's sort of used to that sort of building up from the back um, at Ajax. So I, I don't think I'd mind him, especially if he's coming at the price that they said, which is like twelve seven to twelve million pound. So Sorry. I think for that price, if you're get if you're able to sell Leno for twenty million. And you can get someone like him in with Champions League experience, that kind of thing, for like twelve million. Then I'll take that if I'm going to be invested in the squad. You know. To, to add to the skills that you said that you like in the keeper, um, the commanding for crosses, the being good with the speeds. For me, is because obviously the base is that they need to all be decent shot sellers. Some of them are exceptional shot sellers, but I need to also add being good off off your line. For me, that's a big yeah. to have at Arsenal. We want to be high up the pitch, right? So I felt like that's why I was my that's that's always what's my dilemma been with Martinez and Leno. I feel like Leno's good of his line, Martinez is not. Then Martinez is not that good of a shop server, in my opinion, but Leno is. But Leno's shit at cramming classes and has a bozo gene, whereas Martinez is like so I was like, if you put them together, you'd have a very good keeper. Essentially, you have to make a decision. And now we again at a point where Leno's got I think Leno's gonna go, and we're gonna end up getting a keeper again that elects one of these three things that we need i think you're i think you're i think every goalkeeper in the world lacks one of those three things unless you're talking um this maybe is courtois um or black um even courtois even courtois mendy looks to be a very 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 good find um I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not too pressed about it. As long as we don't replace him with an absolute dud, yeah. yeah I think I there are keepers of a similar level that we can, we, we can replace him with. I can't think of any that I come to mind in the Premier League. To be honest, man. To be honest, but I think he's going Milan. Who? Sorry, Mike Mag, Mag, Magnan. Or Mike Magnan. Yeah. yeah I think, um, I think Fabrizio. Ne- never seen I him. I, um, I can't tell you I've ever seen the game of him. You know? They were they were talking about Chesney coming back. Wouldn't want it. I love Chesney to bits. Yeah, but I'm not good enough. Ariola's good, but too short. Too short. Not good from crosses. Yeah. He, well, he looks short anyway. He looks I think yeah, he has the bozo gene as well, Ariola. Well, I've seen him definitely do a few bozo moments this season um oh actually he's not that short at all wow yeah, he's very tall I think. he's very tall yeah he is but to me he looks weak from crosses so maybe that's where i'm getting the whole height thing from um he he from whenever whenever i've seen areola from crosses he looks very weak from them so um there's no point being tall if you're if you're weak from set pieces so and you know you know we've, with leno though He's talking like a big man. <laughs> like the team needs to stop making less mistakes and all this kind of jazz. You are Ben Leno. You're not Manu Neuer. Like, come on, man. Yeah. This guy really talking like a big guy. So yeah, let him go, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, listen, and and to be fair, we bought him for what twenty five million. We'll probably recoup that anyway, right? He's got. He'll, he's he'll be coming into his last year of contract, so. I'm yeah. sure we can um, get a decent fee for him. And, you know, he gave us a good run. Nothing lost, really. As long as we replace him to a similar level, I don't yeah. really mind, personally. Yeah. Um, just a few more performances today. Um, 
what did you guys think of the whole back three of Gabriel, Murray and, and Holden? I thought Gabriel did quite well from a um, just a individual standpoint. I actually thought Holden did quite well as well. I think these are the games that he quite likes. Everything is defending. Um, when he doesn't have to have 70 to 80 touches of the ball and, you know, be tasked with passing the ball correctly, passing the ball to an Arsenal player. Um, I think he does quite well. Um, these are the games that su- suits him. Crosses coming into the box, head it away, son. Clear it away, son. You know, cut that out. Tackle this geezer. Um, you know, he, he likes that style of defending. And yeah, sure, if we if we want to be a mid-table team for the for the rest of time, then Holden will be absolutely fine to... To, to, to play for Arsenal. But um, just just your thoughts. I thought Mary was very shaky today. Very shaky. And after quite an impressive start at Arsenal, I don't know if it's because maybe he hasn't, you know, he hasn't played that often um, as of late. I think he's been in and out of the team a bit. Potentially that has something to do with a performance level. But I feel like we've definitely seen his performance level um, drift. Uh, Mary makes me really mad, and I tell you why. He almost tricked me, because uh, I was I was hard on a Mary slander at first, right? Mm. And then I nearly had to concede. I was mm. like, I was already like, yeah, you're looking like a decent signing. Yeah, that man is ass. <laughs> mm. I ain't taking back shit, man. Yeah, Mary doesn't look that good to me, man. No, I, I I I'm with you, Dan. What about you? Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too high up on on Murray, um, personally. I think mainly because I think he shouldn't have played the important games um, that we had. I think it's a big reason why um, we went out in the Europa League was his selection over Gabriel, um, personally. And I think people are way too harsh on on on, on Gabriel. Um, even today, I think I saw people sort of slandering him, saying, um, you know. Um, Saying, saying, oh, he's got the Bozo gene, this, that, and the other. Um, but, but for me, at 23 years of age, he's a far superior player to Pablo Marie. You know, so um, I, I, I think people, yeah. I think Go people on. also forget that Gabriel um, has only played, I think it's less than a hundred senior league appearances, and in top tier football. I think he's only just played like 50 games, like in, in, in terms of playing like League One and um, the Premier League as well. So he's a, he's maybe 23 years old. I, I, and I made the comparison to Diaz earlier because we were talking about Diaz. Diaz has pay, played about 200-something games Man. for Benfica and now for Man City. He's got a shit load of experience playing that a really good level of football. European, European football as well. At European football. And, you know, sometimes that experience is going to show because, um, you know, centre-back is not about how old you are necessarily. It's about how many games you've got under your belt, what you, knowing what to do in certain situations, having that repetitiveness of, of thought, of decision-making, you know, what to do in certain scenarios. So, yeah, sorry, Dan, to interject, but, um, yeah, it, it just worthwhile pointing that out. Um, sorry, uh, Dan, sorry, did you... I thought I interrupted you. 
Oh no, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So um and I think as well, like um this uh this whole holding thing um held us back this season as well. Obviously exactly. our thoughts have been well documented about um, you know, Saliba, uh, etc. But I think if you think about it, um I think Dan said it in the group chat as well, that if we'd have had identical results this season, um and but instead we'd been playing Gabriel and Saliba for most of the matches, that would be a, a whole year that they could earn um experience, you know, as you said, you know, now comparing uh, Diaz and, and, and Gabriel's time and their minutes, but instead Saliba wasted 10 weeks of his career um, mm. in, in the gulag um, and is playing, playing Colchester Rezies. You know, playing, playing under 23 football uh... two years after he made his first team debut, age 17. You know? Um, you see that situation? Not enough has been said by the media about that whole situation. Yeah. It stinks. Yeah. We had to pay ten was... to watch get Saliba games for the under twenty three. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. You know, you, we, we, oh, don't, don't say we. I was not involved in that shit. Bro. Right, yeah, I was involved, man. I'm not scared to say I was involved. Twenty threes against Mansfield under twenty threes. Yeah, it was chilling them, chilling them. That was a, that was a dark day for Tottenham. That was, that was, that was, that was, that was a dark, dark day. Oh. And, and I think as well that I think a lot of Gabriel's issues came because of communication as well. Um, and from my understanding, he can speak French. Um, and, and him and Saliba could have built a much better relationship, I think, than what Gabriel and Holden have been able to do um, as well, which would have been better for both of their developers um, and for Arsenal's future. So I think a big, big, big ask um, for Mikel Arteta, or one of his big aims, is getting the Saliba guy into the team. Because if they allowed this guy to throw him by the wayside, I will be very, very annoyed. Very annoyed. And what's what's crazy is I, I think we've already, me and Sean already touched on it. Is that this was the perfect season to bring them two together. If mm. if they if they play them two together all season, and even if we came, didn't do that well, but you let them to build a understanding and a good relationship, and then obviously we need to replace Leno. It will make things so much easier because you've already got those two in front of a good new goalkeeper. Ready to, ready to just make it easier for the new goalkeeper if we get one this summer because obviously Leno is potentially leaving. Sign the French guy as well. It would have been, it would have been nice. It would have been perfect. That's a good point actually because there is going to be a lot of, from what we're hearing anyway this summer, there looks like there's going to be a lot of shuffling around. A lot of people are going to go. So we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit because we've not helped ourselves build in any partnerships with the players who are going to stay around. Um, Aubameyang, we've played him left, right, centre, you know, all over the place. Saka as well. You know, I know he's played a lot more on the right this season. Who's the right um, back playing with next year? Playing play right wing back, you know, um, like you mentioned with Saliba, had not played at all. Gabriel, Wait, wait. Been in you and see out. tonight? Mm. I was actually so baffled. You. Why was um obviously I don't rate him. Obviously, his time's done it. But why was Belen on bench and um, Saka playing right wing back? I understand. Yeah, it. Man, kill me, bro. <laughs> Didn't understand. I, I'm actually. Man. I saw. I saw a loss. I was like, what? Didn't. No idea. He Bellerin must really be in the mud. 
if, he, if he, he you know, if he told he's us Saka at right wing back. Yeah, ahead of your. I think he told us in his face, "I'm gone, man. The shit you cooking up is not good, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah because obviously last summer and he persuaded them to stay. Yeah, huh. so he's probably great. thinking, "Bro, you made me really stay for this." Yeah. <laughs> but boy, he, he ain't been serving up much himself. No, he, so he he be, but I can't lie, him, man. That him going power at PSG makes a lot of sense for him, and as yeah. as his for his brand, well, his and, brand as an influencer. Yeah, yeah, like it yeah. makes a lot of sense for him, man. Of, co- of course it does. Of course it does. But yeah, look, he he's going to be another one that is probably going to be. Um, on their way out. Um, I thought Partey and El Nenny did okay today, actually. Um, Partey was all right. Partey was all right. Did a lot of good defensive stuff. Um, obviously, like I think, Dan, you mentioned that maybe we should have had a penalty at the end and he got booked for diving. Quite a bit, bit of a bizarre one. That, like, he's, he was literally got clipped. Um, yeah. <laughs> he didn't dive. At the very... If you, if you don't think it's a penalty, he didn't dive. His... All you had to do was check the cameras to see that his heels were clipped. It, it definitely wasn't a dive. So, but I thought he did a lot of the dirty work defensively. Um, I think he won the most duels, most tackles in the game. So he had a lot of work to get through. But I think it helped him today having the structure with El Nenny, someone to be beside him rather than because could you imagine if he was playing in there with Sabios? Fucking, that's your guy, bro. That's your guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I can, I can, I can, I can open my hat. I can uh, put my hands up and say that Sabayas and Party experiment should never happen again. Again, because I don't want to see. I don't want to see Sabayas in the Arsenal shirt again, man. I don't think you're gonna see Sabayas in the Arsenal. Why wasn't he? Is he on the screen? Was he in the squad today? Who cares, Mm. man? I, I don't think so. Okay, okay. No, you don't. I do. Care. To be honest, this whole—I'll just like—I'll just let the season be a write-off. It's a write-off already. But I mean, the season I'd literally rather, is a write-off. Although you can't. It's get been a write-off for a while, but I'd rather um, I'd rather see like young players making What's their the debut. You know, the man. He's not going to do that if we can get Europa Conference League, is he? So he's not. Uh, this guy's such a, this. This is the thing where I hate this Arteta guy, man. He's such a bum. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I feel like I feel Don't like worry, I feel like worry. it's okay. It's okay I feel it's like okay. tired from um, Arsenal fan TV. You know, yeah. you know when he's just on... <laughs> all is a mess, man. All is a mess. Lost I can't. He's oh, lost it. He's lost morning, it. Man, man disappears for twenty minutes off the pod, then comes back and starts talking about things we've already covered. Like <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just Olo is definition of just vibes. Just <laughs> vibes. Literally, that is all of what Otto does. Vibing FC. Vibing FC. Anything further you guys want to discuss before we wrap things up? No, I'm good, man. Good to, yeah, I'm good surprised, surprised we made this last an hour, man. I'm not, not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, listen, you don't beat Chelsea every week. We've done the double over them. Um, you know, it's another away victory for Arteta against a top six team, which, you know, they're coming around pretty frequently now. So you, you must have a bet you must have a better record in the, the against top six teams than Wenger Emery put to put together at this bloody point. So at least at least that's one thing he's doing all right. He's getting us 
somewhat competitive in these games. Um, it's everything else that he needs to work on. But yeah, guys, we'll call it a, a day there. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with some Patreon content as well. So if you're interested in joining our Patreon, uh, do sign up. Um, we had a Chelsea preview today with Bab, so hopefully everyone enjoyed that. It was a pretty good two-hour conversation, actually. Bloody hell. So if you need something to do uh, and you need me chatting you off for two hours, then go go and listen to that. But, um, yeah, we'll be back anyway with a normal pod next week. Um, take it easy, guys. Nice. Bless up. All right, then, lads. It's got to 2-2, two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! This is a yellow Baby, welcome to the party. I'm off the Myers and the That's why I'm over retarded. That's why I'm over retarded. Baby, welcome to the party. Huh? I hit the boy up and then I go skate in the Rari. Baby, welcome to the party. Pick some of that. Give me lit. Give me lit. Got on my One in the head. Podcast Network.